Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Amen. Thank you, church, as I said again. Thank you for joining us. We're just going to get into the Word this morning, and I hope that you have your Bibles with you, your apps, your notebooks. I always encourage you to take notes, so it's important that you write things down. We'll have the Scriptures on the screen, so write it down if you can. And so I want to start this morning by talking about the very end. And what I mean by that is this. I want to start with the last words of John written in his Gospel. And these are the words that John chooses to finish his narrative with Jesus about. John, of course, history tells us, was perhaps the only disciple of Jesus' 12 that died a natural death as an old man. All the other disciples were martyred. John had years to contemplate the amazing miracles of Jesus. The short three years he spent with Jesus left such an incredible mark on his life that it completely transformed the trajectory of his life. He was a young fisherman when he first encountered Jesus by the fishing boats of his father. John and his whole family were fishmongers, which means that they were in the fish trade. That would have been their profession, their mode of living, and that would have probably been his mode of living if he continued doing that, you know, and for generations to come. Yet, his encounter with Jesus that day changed John and his brother James' lives forever. And here at the end of his documentation of his days with Jesus, he moves the curtain of his experience back a little bit so we can have a short glimpse of some of the things that he saw but he never documented. And he says this in his concluding words in his epistle, in his gospel, John 21, verse 25. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Imagine the miracles and the things that John actually saw that were not documented. Imagine walking with a man who could raise the dead, who could heal the sick, who could heal the blind, make the lame walk, rebuke the storms and the winds, walk on water, the things that he saw and the wonders that his eyes beheld as he saw some of the amazing things that Jesus actually did. And sometimes I think when we read some of the text, we actually forget that these writers were real people, just like you and just like me. They had real lives. They got up every morning to go to real jobs. They had real concerns about feeding their families and taking care of their parents, and paying their taxes, and providing for the daily needs of life. Yet seeing those miracles in person, as John would have, would have been tremendously empowering and so miraculous. Yet the miracles of Jesus, even today, would be just as spectacular as the day that John witnessed them. And as marvelous as those feats and miracles were, in Jesus' day and time, we find that that is not the most significant act that changes the coast of history. In John's vivid account of Jesus' many and amazing works, he reserves chapters and chapter after chapter 
to give an account of one event, the most significant event that had impacts your life and mine. It is the greatest event in the history of the world. No greater achievement has ever matched this, friends. We have seen such advancement of technology in our current world. Man has taken to the skies in airplanes. We travel the ocean in great vessels that hold thousands of people. We can see each other over vast distances with FaceTime and other video chat facilities. We can communicate with people across thousands of kilometers in seconds by text and voicemail. We have scaled mountains. We've invented devices that can peer into the microcosm of parts of a human body. We've even breached the atmosphere of this celestial body and escaped the confines of this Earth's gravity and placed a man or men on the moon. But for all of this miracle, all of these vast achievements, none of it comes close. So all of it pales in comparison to the most significant event to transform humanity that John documents in his gospel. This one event has the power to change every single human life, not just in our present, but every single life that has ever existed. It brings us hope. It provides us with an enduring victory that enables us to have eternal peace and comforting assurance. Never before had this been possible. Never in the history of mankind had this happened or will ever happen again. This one time, this one event, so powerful that it reverberates to the very soul of humanity. It breathes life into every thirsty soul. Ironically and inexplicably, to give life to billions meant to surrender the life of one. One who was sinless, one who was precious, one who was God incarnate, one who came to give us life by giving up his. His name is Jesus and he is the Son of God. Friends, like you, all of us have areas in our life that we struggle with. We have areas in our life that we would rather keep hidden, stuff we want to forget, memories of deeds that we have hurt people or even hurt ourselves, things we can't talk about or won't talk about to anyone, even the person that's the closest to us. We all have doors in our lives that we rather keep closed because we are shamed or we are embarrassed. We wonder what people will think about us if they really knew what we had done or said or behaved when no one was actually watching. We wrestle with fear, don't we, of people's opinions, of our own dark, dark thoughts and behaviors and things that go on in the secret things of our mind. Sometimes we don't even want to look in the mirror because we don't like the person looking back at us. Some of us have stooped lower than we thought we would have. And we have done things that we should not have. We have gone places that maybe we shouldn't have been. And we have taken things that we shouldn't have. And we wish, we really wish we can undo certain things or certain instances or circumstances in our life. 
Take back words that might have said, been said in error or in anger. Take back some of the stuff that we have done that hurts us or caused others harm. We wish we could wipe the slate clean and start over. We wish that we could get a new start. We want to have a better future for ourselves and we hope and wish that could be possible. Friends, I want to tell you that it is possible. It is possible because of one named Jesus. I want you to hear these words, the words of Jesus again, documented by John, now in his old age, but his passion and zeal for Christ has not diminished at all. In fact, it has grown stronger. And he describes Jesus in Revelation 21, verses 5. He says this, He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. Yes, Jesus says he can make all things new. He can give us all something we really need. We all want life, a life filled with good things, a life of victorious living from the ails and the defeats we suffer in this world. We want to have that for ourselves and for our loved ones and our family members. John wants us to understand that Jesus does offer us this and that he is the only one who is qualified to make this offer above everyone else. Why is that, you ask? Well, he is the only one who can offer us true victory and true freedom from defeat and pain and sorrow. And he is the one that is able and the only one that is able because he's able to take sorrow from us and give us something better in return. To take our mistakes and give us something brighter and a greater future. In fact, there's an ancient prophecy, an ancient prophecy from approximately 2,700 years ago that predicts this amazing transaction of Jesus taking our sorrows and giving us something better. And it's documented in the book of Isaiah in chapter 61. And this is what it says. And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And so 733 years before the event that John documents, that is the most significant event, Isaiah spoke these words because he saw this day coming. He saw this event happening. He saw Jesus coming to take away our reproach and our pain. Jesus came to bear all of our errors, our mistakes, and our failures. Your mistakes and mine were taken that day 
and put on Jesus. And that day John tells us about this event that shaped history. John says this in his documentation in John 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus had to bear our mistakes and he had to pay for them so you and I don't have to pay the price of our own failures, errors, and sin. You see, but somebody else had to pay for it. That bill had arrived and it had to be paid for. And here is love and pain. Here is joy and sorrow. Here is life and death. In order for us to experience love, he had to endure pain. In order for us to have lasting joy, he had to take the sorrow. In order for us to live, he had to die. John gives us an eyewitness account. He was there to see. He was there to hear and experience the onslaught of human suffering for us to hear his experience. He saw them. They took the long leather whips with steel hooks on the end and they beat him until the skin on his back and chest came off like ribbons, exposing the raw flesh underneath. They beat him until he could not stand, blood streaming down his body. Then they stuck a crown of thorns on his head and pressed it into his skull, so blood rushed down his face and he was bleeding. Then they punched him and slapped his head, his face. They grabbed a hold of his beard and ripped it out of his face. Then they forced him to carry a heavy cross and they nailed him to it. He took all of that willingly because he looked with loving eyes into our lives and he saw our need and he saw our pain and he saw our mistakes and the sin that we had. And he was willing to take it all away. He was willing to pay the price for us. He dropped his head and said, it is finished. It is done. It is completed. He paid the price. He paid the cost for you and for me. What we deserve was put on Jesus. It was a death unlike any other. The earth shook. The thunder crashed. The lightning flashed. The skies opened up and the rain came down. Heaven cried. Yet, that's not the end. They laid him in a tomb. And then early on the third day, when they went to the tomb, they discovered the greatest news that the world had ever known. He is not here. He is risen. He is alive. Death could not hold him. The grave could not keep him. He conquered death and the grave. He is a living savior. Jesus is alive. This is the greatest news the world has ever known. Because Jesus is alive, all those who put their trust in him will also receive life, new life, brand new futures. All things are gone and Jesus gives us 
a brand new tomorrow. I want to encourage you, friends. If you're looking for hope, there's only one lasting place to find that, and it's in Christ Jesus. He is the Savior of the world and the real hope in this time. And not just now, but all the time. If you are in him, we have found the true source of joy and peace. A peace that goes beyond what this world can provide. He is our lifeboat in the storms of life because he cares about us. Have ever you ever been on a boat or a ship? I've been on some big ones and some little ones. Every time I drive to the city or downtown here in Melbourne, we have to drive across this bridge called the Westgate Bridge. And as I drive across, in the bay I see this huge ferry. It's a massive ferry that goes across from Melbourne to Tasmania. And you can actually drive your car across on it, and there's many people that get on board it. And I see how strong and sturdy that ship is. It must weigh tons. And when people drive their cars on board, I've seen this and i watched this happen. It's like driving on a road is just as steady. People can then get out of their cars, they go upstairs, relax, or they go to their cabin and, and spend the night. I've been on ships where the waves get a bit rough. The waves beat against the massive bows. They crash across the sides of the boat. But the people on board seem to be safe and secure. I've been on a boat or a ship in the middle of a storm and seen lightning and heard thunder. But yet when you go inside, it gives you a sense of safety. And I think about that. And I think about one of the most famous boats in scripture. And that has to be Noah's Ark. It rained and stormed for 40 days and nights. And yet Noah, his family and all the animals were, on, were safely aboard the ark. I think about that today in the context of the resurrection. The scripture even tells us that in Romans 8.1. It says this, Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. See, just as those people on the ferry are safe from the waves, and just as Noah and his family were safe from the, from the storm in the ark, we are safe in Jesus Christ in the middle of the storms of life. We do find safety in Jesus. There is hope there too. John, as he grew older and wiser, felt that sharing his experience and story with others was key to getting people to understand this hope. He talks about the miracles of Jesus in many verses, but he reserves chapters to talk about the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, he tells us in John 20 verse 30, listen to this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So family and friends, whether you've been a Christ follower for years or you're hearing this for the very first time, Christ extends a hand of love and friendship to each and every one of us. 
and he extends that over and over again. It's the hand of a loving Savior who is not dead, but alive and well. Because we don't call on a dead God to help us when we have trouble. Not one made out of stones and bricks or fashioned with human hands. We call on one who existed before the foundation of the world. One who is eternal, one who is omnipotent, one who is powerful, one who did conquer death and the grave, one who is ever present to help in times of need, one who is willing and able. And we call on that one person, and that is Jesus, the only Son of God. And so I want you to see with eyes that John did, that this event, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus is so significant and powerful that it divides history. It is an amazing event that offers humanity hope that you can't find anywhere else but in the arms of Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you this morning, if you don't know Jesus, you have an opportunity to find yourself in the best place possible, and that is in the presence of God. I would like to invite you to pray with me this morning. For those of you who are going through a rough time, we're going to pray for you. For those of you who need help and hope, we're going to pray for you. And for those of you who need a future, and especially for those of you who need a Savior, we want to pray with you, and we pray that you will get in touch with us. If you're on transformchurch.tv right now, we have prayer partners that you can contact and they can pray with you right now. And I want to encourage you, all you Christ followers, we celebrate, we celebrate and we claim this great victory in Jesus' name because we have a Savior that is not dead, but he is risen. He is alive. And we celebrate that good thing today and every day we enjoy in the presence of the Lord. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again. Thank you for your words of life. As John said in his gospel, that we may hear and believe in your name. And it's a name that is above every other name. It is the greatest name that we have because in your name, sickness is defeated. In your name, demons have to flee. In your name, we have victory. And it is the highest name. In your name, we find salvation. There's no other name given unto men whereby we might be saved, but in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, today I pray for every single one that's watching. Would you bless them? Would you encourage them? But most of all, Lord, would you reveal yourself to them in a most significant way? And if they have not called on you before, I pray right now that your word has impacted and changed lives, that they will acknowledge and come to the truth that you indeed are the Savior of the world and there's no other place to go to but to you. There's no other safety net that has been provided but you, Jesus. 
And so we thank you this morning. And I pray, Lord God, that you'll continue to gather your church, to empower your church, to equip your church to be the light to the nations, that we indeed will rise up and shine as you called us to, to be the light and the salt to those neighbors and friends around us, that we will shine brightly and we will declare your name to the nations. Lord, I thank you for all of our family here at Transform Church, that you'd bless them however far they may be right now. And I pray for our friends that have gathered across the world that might be watching online this morning. Would you bless them as well? Encourage them, provide them with a great hope because hope is you and there's no other place to go to but to you. So we thank you this morning. We honor you and we bless you. We praise you and we worship you. We celebrate again their memory and the time where you rose to prove that you have authority over even death and the grave. So we thank you, we worship you, and we bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hello again, and thank you so much for listening. I really hope that message has encouraged you. Would you please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review? This really helps others get exposed to this uplifting message. I would also love for you to share this message with a friend or someone you think would be really inspired and blessed by this. Sharing this on social media like Facebook really does help others also get this free content. I'm honored you chose to spend some of your valuable time with us. Have an amazing day.